Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 13 of Revelation chapter 15, and we're going to be looking at verse 8. Revelation 15, verse 8 says, And the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power, and no man was able to enter into the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were fulfilled. Now, uh, we looked at the word temple earlier in this study of Revelation chapter 15, and we saw that it spiritually points to the body of believers. God says, ye are the temple, speaking to those that he has saved. We are that house that Christ has built. As it says in Hebrews chapter 3, he's a son over his own house, whose house are we? And the house and the temple are um, synonymous. And so the temple that God built and completed was filled with smoke from the glory of God. Now, why would the temple be filled with smoke? We know that the word smoke is a word that identifies with judgment. If we go back to Revelation 9, it says in verse 2, And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit, as the smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened, by reason of the smoke of the pit, three times, smoke of the pit. It's indicating this is the the time of the transition from the judgment on the church to the judgment on the world, and smoke coming out of the pit is language indicating God's wrath has begun on the world. Now, we saw it also um, in our study of Revelation 14, in verse... 11, it says, And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest day nor night. And, and then it continues on the wrath of God, the anger of God is being poured out upon the wicked. It is being poured into the cup of his indignation in which all the inhabitants of the earth must drink. And so smoke relates to or identifies with the judgment of God. In, in the Old Testament, we find uh, reference to the house of God or the temple of God being filled with smoke. It, it's um, similar language in some ways. In Isaiah chapter 6, and beginning in verse 1 of Isaiah 6, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims, each one had six wings, with twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is Jehovah of hosts. 
The whole earth is full of his glory. And the pulse of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. This is the house of God, and here it says it's filled with smoke. Now, what is more common uh, when we search the Bible is not that the house of God fills with smoke, but a cloud fills the house. And, you know, there are similarities between smoke and a cloud in the way they appear. You can have white smoke, and of course a, a cloud is is white uh, oftentimes. And there's a similarity in the spiritual meaning of smoke, which points to judgment or God's wrath, and the cloud, which it does identify with the word of God, but also with judgment. Christ comes in the clouds, we read um, in in the gospel accounts. It says in Second Chronicles chapter 5, and Second Chronicles, uh, to just set the context, is speaking of the time when the house of God that Solomon built for him at, at God's direction was completed. And that house, remember, the spiritual significance is whose house are we? pointed to the body of believers. And once the house is complete, that means that God has finished saving all that were to be saved. And in this setting, we read in Second Chronicles 5, beginning in verse 11, And it came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place, and the holy place, or the holy of holies, um, is where they had just placed the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark representing God's dwelling uh, amongst his people. The house is complete. The Ark is put in to indicate God now fills the house. And, and likewise, once God saved the last of his elect, he indwelt every true believer, thus filling the spiritual house. And 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 uh, the priests are come out of the holy place, or the holy of holies. And it goes on to say, For all the priests that were present were sanctified, and did not then wait by course. Also the Levites, which were the singers, all of them of Asap, of Heman, of Jeduathun, with their sons and their brethren, being arrayed in white linen, having cymbals and psalteries and harps, stood at the east end of the altar, and with them a hundred and twenty priests sounding with trumpets, it came even to pass, as the trumpeters and singers were as one, to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking Jehovah. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music, and praised Jehovah, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever, that then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of Jehovah so that the priests could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of Jehovah had filled the house of God. There, there are numerous tying elements between what is happening here with the completion of Solomon's temple and what we have read in our reading in Revelation 15 throughout the whole chapter with the seven messengers. Remember, they they are standing on a sea of glass, which identifies 
with the molten sea the priests were to wash in. They are clothed in fine white linen, and and that is part of the priestly attire. As we read here in, in verse 12, they were arrayed in white linen, Second Chronicles 5.12. And they are wearing golden girdles, as the priests also were to wear girdles when going about and performing their priestly functions. They are coming out of the temple, just as the seven messengers came out of the temple in Revelation 15. And in Revelation 15, the smoke of the glory of God filled the temple, indicating God's wrath, its judgment day, and all of his people, the the word of God is going to uh, come forth through them, and that no man is able to enter into the temple until these seven plagues, the seven messengers carry it within these seven golden vials, are poured out and fulfilled or completed. And and the priest came out of the temple, it says here, and they they could not enter in, back into the temple. And we have just many tie-ins and and spiritually, we know why. Because God saved the last one of his elect, thus completing the spiritual house of Christ, the house that the Lord Jesus Christ built upon himself, the rock. And once completed, then it is as though the ark representing God enters in and, and God does say in a few places that he will dwell in the midst of Zion, the midst of his people. And that begins now, and it began actually on May 21, 2011, once the house was completed. And also, the cloud fills the house here in Second Chronicles to indicate the glory of God, the wrath of God for uh, sinners and the smoke fills the temple in Revelation 15, and no man is able to enter in until the uh, the the judgment process, or until the seven vials have been completely uh, poured out. Now let let's go back to Revelation 15. I just want to make sure I'm reading it correctly, and it says in in the second part of verse eight. No, and no man was able to enter into the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were fulfilled. Now, since the temple pictures the body of God's elect, and, and, and God here is saying that once judgment day begins, then no man is able to enter into that temple well, that can only mean one thing. It can only mean no one will become saved because if anyone were to become saved, they would be added also as a living stone into the spiritual house of God. And they would become a part of the temple, a, a, a very in, uh, important part of the temple. And yet they... Uh, they will not, because God has already completed the temple. That's why 
um, the the glory of the Lord fills the temple in Revelation fifteen eight, because the presence of God is there now within the completed structure, and no man is able to enter into the temple. You know the word able is an interesting word. It's um, Strong's number 1410. It's a word related to dunamis, which means power uh, to to have an ability or a power to do something. And yet God says no man is able, was able to enter into the temple once um, this takes place, once Judgment Day begins. And let's look at this same word as it's used in a couple of places. One is in John 6:44, where it says, No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. Now the word can is the same Greek word that's translated able. No man is able to come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him. And and that's exactly how God saved people, because all are dead in sin. None seek after him. None are good. None are deserving of salvation. None will obtain salvation if left to themselves. They're, they're like Lazarus, um, a, a dead, stinking corpse spiritually. And, and Lazarus couldn't come to life on his own. He couldn't rise up and exercise his free will because he was dead. He had no will when when he was dead. He couldn't hear the words of Christ to Lazarus, come forth and rise, until Christ first gave him life. Then he could hear. And, and that qualified him to respond. It was all of Christ, all of God. And that's exactly how it is in the matter of salvation. So no man can come. This is during the normal course of affairs, the the typical situation in the day of salvation for this world. No man could even then come to God except the Father which has sent me draw him. And that word draw is a, a, a violent word. It means very forcible. It, it means to be dragged. It, it's not a, uh, that one is willing. Oh no, this is against their will. It's against their nature. God grabs a hold of one of his elect at the time when he was still saving and he, uh, forcibly, violently drags that person closer and closer to himself. He will not let them go because they are one of his elect until the point of salvation. And so the the drawing process led to salvation. It was a part of God's salvation program to draw dead sinners to himself, to keep them under the hearing of the word of God until the time of God's own choosing when he would redeem that individual through the hearing of his word. But, but you see, God did all the work then uh, of drawing and saving and granting grace, and, and it was done by the faith of Christ. 
It was all of God. Now, if God has completed his salvation program, and he has, he simply stops all the things that are involved in this whole process. He doesn't draw sinners. He doesn't bring them along unto the point of salvation. He leaves them right where they are. And and that's what's happening today and has been in effect. Since Judgment Day began on May 21, 2011, no man is able to enter into the temple um, without certainly the help of God, without the work of God on his behalf, and God has ceased to work. Remember what it says in John chapter 9, in verse 4, in the same Greek word, that is related to dunamis. This Strong's number 1410 is found in John 9, verse 4, where it says, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work or no man is able to work. And the man in view is Christ Jesus, the Son of Man, who perform the work of the Father that sent me. Remember what John six twenty eight and 29 said, or 27 through 29? He was asked, what work shall we do? And, and he responded, this is the work of God that ye believe. That, that is, the work of God is granting faith unto salvation. It's giving of grace, bestowing of mercy. Christ did that work throughout the entire period of salvation, the day of salvation, throughout the 12-hour workday, as it's laid out in that parable in the Gospel of Matthew. But then came the last hour, the 11th to the 12th hour, the one hour of great tribulation, which concluded the workday in the vineyard, and then came evening. And... And that's what Christ is saying. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The 12-hour period that pointed to the day of salvation. The night cometh when no man can or is able to work because it is the spiritual night of judgment, of the wrath of God. Immediately after the tribulation, the sun is darkened. And when the sun is darkened, what do you have? darkness, night, you you have um, spiritually no more salvation. And, and that's what is being said here. Well, all right, let's go back to Revelation 15 and verse 8. And no man was able to enter into the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were fulfilled. Now, the the Greek word translated as fulfilled is 50-55. Telio, it's a word that's translated as finished. Uh, in some places, it, it means to complete, uh, to ex- expire. It, it means to fulfill, just like it says. Remember back in verse 1 of Revelation 15, For in them, these seven last plagues, is filled up the wrath of God. This will finally complete 
the the pouring out of God's wrath. This will satisfy the law's demands for justice. And when it, we we reach the end of this prolonged period of judgment day, and until then, until then, which very likely will be October seventh, twenty fifteen. And by the way, if you go back to Second Chronicles five and read through chapter seven, when the temple uh, was completed and they placed the ark in the temple and the priests came out. Well, there was a, a dedication of the house held along with the Feast of Tabernacles, and that feast finally ended on the 23rd day of the seventh month. And the 23rd day of the seventh month is the underlying Hebrew calendar date for October 7th, 2015. And, and there's another tie-in, another relationship between God finishing his house, his spiritual house, and then having the priests, um, the body of believers, go forth from the temple to publish these things to the world, uh, to publish what the Bible says, and thus pouring out the vials of the seven last plagues. And then on October 7th, 2015, the 1600th day of judgment since May 21, 2011, and the overall 10,000th day of judgment since judgment began at the house of God on May 21, 1988. It, it, it is a perfect day for all the vials to have been poured out and for the judgment and wrath of God to be fulfilled as fulfilled takes on the idea of completed and 10,000 uh, in the Bible, the number 10 or 100 or 1,000 or 10,000 points to completeness. And that day is uh, a prime candidate for the time for God to complete the judgment uh, upon the unsaved people of the world. Well, let's just consider one last thing before we move on into the next chapter. And and that is the implication that uh, we find here in verse 8. Let me read it again. And no man was able to enter into the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were fulfilled. Which the implication is, once the seven plagues are fulfilled or poured out, then man can enter into the temple. Now, does that mean, since we've been understanding that no man can enter in, is no salvation, or a reference to God uh, no longer saving people, does that mean once these plagues are poured out, God will once again save people? And the answer is no. No. Now, now if we're correct, then the seven vials will be completely poured out by October 7th of 2015 and that will be the 10,000th day of judgment, the day that God finishes the judgment process the prolonged period of judgment will come to a close the spiritual judgment will then turn into an actual physical, literal destruction of all things and then what happens? 
when God does that? What happens with the believers, who uh, a great multitude of them have been on the earth, and even for those that have been in heaven, awaiting uh, the completion of God's plan for this earth? What happens is that God will then create a new heaven and new earth. He will give resurrected bodies to all. He will bring all together into his glorious kingdom, and they will then turn their attention, the whole kingdom of heaven, into eternity future. And and it says in Revelation 21, verse 22, uh, speaking of this uh, new Jerusalem, this, this holy city that God has constructed through his salvation program, in Revelation 21, verse 22, And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. It will be as though all of the elect have now gone into the temple, that is, into God himself, as he will be in our midst. He will dwell among us forevermore. And, and and that's the uh, wonderful uh, implication that is stated here in Revelation 15, verse 8. Once the judgment is finished and, and done, then all of the elect that have already been saved and are spiritually a part of this house of God, of the temple, uh, will finally live with God in his very presence forevermore and and that's, um, in essence, uh, entering into the temple uh, that this verse is making reference to. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.